Welcome to the Gardening the Hudson Valley podcast, where every week we bring you new inspiration from the gardens and gardeners of New York's beautiful Hudson Valley, making you an even better gardener. And now, here's your host, Marie Iannotti. Hello and welcome to the Gardening the Hudson Valley podcast, the show that brings you gardening news and tips from the gardens and gardeners of New York's beautiful valley region. I'm your host, Marie Iannotti. Companion planting, let's see, companion planting is a century-old gardening technique. It just means planting two or more plants in close proximity to derive some kind of benefit. Does it work? Eh, Hard to say. Proponents will spend hours figuring out the juxtaposition of plants in their garden to gain the best growing advantages and the most insect control. Then those who poo-poo companion planting say there are no studies to verify it. Well, studies follow the money, and there's not much money to be made in verifying home remedies. Plus, companion planting is more of a home gardener technique than something done in commercial fields. It would be very hard to study the efficacy of companion planting when every garden is different, every season is different. Sometimes different spots in the yard are different. So the bottom line is that companion planting comes with no guarantees. Plant your basil near your tomatoes for convenience, but don't expect a noticeable flavor difference. However, there are two areas of companion planting that deserve some consideration from home gardeners, deterring insect pests and attracting beneficial insects. Nothing is going to keep hungry insects away 100%, but you can make your vegetables less tempting to pests cruising by for a quick snack. Usually it's the scent of the companion plants that keeps pests away. If you're hungry for cabbage and you get a whiff of mint, it's not going to lure you to land. Sometimes the companion doesn't even really deter the pest so much as it lures it away. Aphids love nasturtiums and will flock to them rather than suck on a tomato plant. The nasturtiums are used as a sacrifice crop. I'll have the whole list on the website, but I'll run through a few here to get you thinking. Aphids, you plant chives, coriander, or lure them away with nasturtiums. For carrot fly, Uh, deter them with rosemary or sage. You can even do that with clippings dispersed amongst the cabbage, uh, the carrot plants. To keep the tomato hornworm away so you don't have to hand pick them, plant some borage or calendula. Now beneficial insects are considered good garden companions because they don't munch on your plants. They munch on the other insects eating your plants. For instance, parasitoid wasps will feed on aphids, caterpillars, and grubs. Lacewing larvae devour aphids, ladybug larvae devour aphids, ground beetles, they get no respect, but they feed on all the ground-dwelling pests. And hoverflies and robberflies feed on many insects, including leafhoppers and caterpillars. Sometimes they do this in their larval stage. A lot of times they do this in their larval stage when they're extremely hungry, and sometimes they don't become beneficial until they're adults. That's why it's important to welcome them in your garden no matter what stage of development they're in. To attract them to your garden and keep them there, there has to be something for them to eat. So don't reach for the spray can every time you spot an aphid. Also needs, they also need host plants to lay their eggs on and for the larvae to feed on, as well as some sort of shelter. This extends well beyond the growing season. Ideally, you should leave some plants standing to give these good insects somewhere to overwinter. Hedgerows were great for this, but nearby trees and shrubs will do. They tend to leaf out in the spring earlier than we plan our vegetable gardens, and that way they provide shelter and a food source earlier. 
In the garden itself, herbs are a great, great way to make beneficial insects at home. They do double duty since the insects don't actually harm the herbs and you can still harvest them as needed. Now to attract beneficial insects to your garden, you need to provide tiny flowers and flattened flower heads of the umbelliferae family like angelica, clover, coriander, dill, fennel, rue, or even yarrow. You need some low-growing plants to act as cover for those much maligned ground beetles. That would be things like thyme or mint or oregano. And also some flowers from the daisy family like chamomile and some mints. That'll attract the hoverflies, the predatory wasps, and the robber flies. Okay, there is no hard science behind companion planting, but we do know that diversity in the garden is a great way to cut back on problems in general. So why not put some of this folk wisdom to the test and see if it helps? If you missed any of this, or if you want the whole list of uh, how to deter pests, you can find the transcript on the website at www.gardeningthehudsonvalley.com. If you have any suggestions to add, I would certainly love to hear about them. And I hope your garden is starting to produce in abundance this spring. But once again, I thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me again next week for gardening tips from the most beautiful place on earth. <music>